Well, good morning, friends. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. Hey, welcome all of you who are joining us online at the campus as well. So yes, I'm Naeem Fazel, but I got to introduce myself a little bit more, right? And so I want to show you a picture of my family. Now, it's hard if you, if you have a family and you want to take a family photo, it's just tough to get them all together. So I found one, though. I found one. We'll put it up online. This is on my Instagram. I put up one. This is in, um, this was in, um, let's see, it was, uh, yeah, Christmas photo. So let's, let's, oh yeah, there it is. There it is. We're in our pajamas. I had to beg them to take this picture. I'm like, let's just do this. Let's make it happen. So it's my wife, Ashley. Uh, we've been married 20 plus years. Uh, don't ask me how much, 20 plus, yeah. Asher and Nura. So yes, these, these are the kids. The kids, excited to be here though. But I gotta tell you also in introducing myself to all of you, um, besides my family, I'm actually known by uh, all over the, the U.S., uh, for you know, the guy that can't say a particular word. Like, I know people know me as my name, but they're, they're, they just know he, he's this guy. He's this guy. And the story it really is, is because I grew, up, um, I, I grew up in Kuwait. So I'm Pakistani, and we speak Urdu there. And then in Kuwait, which is an Arab country, we speak Arabic there. Yes, yes, yes. But my dad and mom had a brilliant idea to put me in an Indian school where they speak Hindi, hello, and the curriculum was in English. So I'm like, what is going on? And if you're bilingual or trilingual, there's just some things you just can't say. So this thing right here, like, what, what is this creature called? Can't say it, can't say it, people, can't say it. Can't say it. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know that I couldn't say this word until I was in a conversation trying to explain to someone who and what this thing was. So, true story, first year, uh, my wife and I were uh, married. We had an apartment. One night, I wake up. There's a racket coming from the outside of the, of the, the house, but it's in our bedroom, but it's inside the wall of our bedroom. Apparently, a squirrel had found its way. <laughs> Focus. You know what I'm talking about. A squirrel had found its way from the outside into our bedroom wall. And like every night, it got crazier and crazier. One night, apparently, it found friends. And threw a party because it was nuts up in there. <laughs> I, I, okay. So the next morning, I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. I went to the like, apartment complex office, and I said, I'm going to explain the situation to them. I walk in. There's a lady there. She turns around, and she's British. And she turns around, and she goes, well, hello. And here's the thing. You know this. Around British people, you want to talk like them. Right? <laughs> right? And you're like, well, hello to you, too. I know, I, didn't, I don't think I said that, but in my mind, I was saying that. And she goes, well, what seems to be the problem? And I'm like, well, I'm in 9B, and we have a, we have a screw problem. <laughs> and she goes, I'm sorry, you have a what? I'm like, we have screws. It's, 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 a, it's a real problem. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, they found their way, blah, blah, blah. It's a, we have screws. She's like, I'm sorry, you have what? I'm like, scrolls, lady, I'm telling you, we got scrolls, you got to do something. And she's like, I'm sorry, scrolls. I'm like, tree rats. We have tree rats in our bedroom. Do something. And she was like, I, I kid you not, she had no idea what I was talking about. She was like, well, we'll see what we can do about that. And I'm like, well, all right then. And I left. And then I told my wife, I'm like, hey, you got to go and explain to her, you know, because she has no idea what I'm talking about. So I tell you that to introduce myself. Also, because I don't want you to walk out of here going, I had no idea what this guy's talking about, okay? Because here's what I want to explain to you. I want to move you to a place 
to, from one place to another. I want to move you to a place from like logical faith that maybe you uh, walked in with. Uh, a logical faith that you just know there's certain things that can happen with God and certain things that cannot happen. There's certain things in your life that you have prayed about for a long time and you, uh, thank you, I get two. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so there, there are certain things that you just know that, you know, for some reason, for some reason, uh, things will not work out because you have pr- stopped praying about those things. There's some things that you're just like, you know what, I just don't, I just don't know um, uh, if, if they can actually happen. Like, for example, have you ever met someone or you know someone that has a like, ridiculous amount of faith? Like, what I mean is they're sort of annoying, <laughs> right? Like, they just believe anything is possible. Like, they tell you stuff and you're like, I don't think that's not going to happen. And like, you're like, I'm concerned. Like, have you ever heard someone say something that God told them and you're like, I just feel like I need to worry for you because you apparently are not going to do it. Like, it's that kind of faith. Like, the people have just a crazy amount of faith. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who have a very, like, logical and rational faith. You might be one of those. In fact, sadly, something might have happened last few weeks, maybe even this past week that you're like, I'm done. I'm not going to pray about this anymore. In fact, you're walking in, you're listening, you're watching this thing, and you are half in it. You're like, I'm just doing this because I know I need to do this, but you've given up on God moving in your life. I get that. I get that some of us have just stopped praying about certain things. And this pandemic has not helped at all, at all. It's fundamentally reshaped some of you And for some of you, you know there are people that have walked away from the faith because of this, because it seems like what was like, this just did not work. Things did not work. So there's a logical faith place here. I get that. But I want to move you to another place I like to call right here a place of irrational confidence. It doesn't make any sense. It's irrational confidence in God's mercy and God's grace and God's power. And so what would it look like for you to move from there this logical faith to an irrational confidence in God's power and his grace and his mercy. What would it look like for you to move through it? And maybe for some of you, you're like, you're not there, but you're maybe over here. You're not here where you're so logical, and if it doesn't make sense, it's not going to happen. You're maybe over here, or you find yourself totally in a place of like, I'm not even sure, I don't want to move there, I don't think that place even exists. So let's do this. Let's jump into the scriptures a little bit, and, want, and then I want to tell you a little bit of my story. So if you've got your Bibles, grab those. If not, we'll put them on the, on the screen for you as well. It is, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8, chapter 8, uh, verses 5 through 11, okay? Verses 5 through 11. Where are we? Chapter what? Chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, okay? So the story, you might have heard it before, maybe you, you don't, but this fascinating story. Now, when I read the gospel stories, when I read stories of Jesus, I like to kind of get into the story, okay? So can we just get into the story a little bit? Let's just pretend we were there, okay? And let's just, let's just figure out what could have happened. So it starts off. It starts off, verse 5, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Now, a who? A centurion. Centurion is a Roman soldier, but he has a little bit of authority. A centurion is the guy who's in charge of 200 soldiers. So he's kind of like a little bit of a big deal. So a centurion comes and he's asking for help. Now, Matthew writes this because he's already experienced this, right? 
But when Matthew was there, he was probably freaked out a little bit because the guy is a centurion walking up. So imagine, okay, let's just, let's just do this. Let's imagine if you're part of the crowd, okay? Jesus is doing some stuff. I'll pretend I'm Jesus, okay? We're doing our thing. A centurion starts walking up. You guys are looking, right? You're like, oh, oh, oh. It's about to shut down. This is, gonna, we're not, this is not gonna happen. He's doing all kinds of miracles. This is gonna, this is gonna shut down. If you're one of the disciples, say you're, you're right here, you've got disciples. You're like, oh, we're, we're about to get busted. Okay, we're like healing people, giving them food. This is not good. Okay, so but a centurion starts walking up. There's soldiers around with him. But he's asking for help, which is strange. Strange. What does he say after that? He says, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed in what? Terrible suffering. Terrible suffering. Now, these people, the crowd, you guys, like we're in the story, you're Jewish, mostly Jewish. The centurion is not. So if you hear of centurions getting sick and dying, you're like, <laughs> good. I'm glad they are suffering because you've been oppressing us. If we've been suffering, it's good for you to finally feel that. So, what do you think they think that Jesus is going to say? What do you want me to do, right? What do you want me to do? Uh, I'm Jesus, I'm for the Jews. But no, no. Jesus does this. Jesus said to him, I'll go, I will go and heal him. Yeah, I'll go and heal him. Now let's just stop right there. You're in the story. You're in the story. You're, 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 you guys are like disciples. You guys are here for a healing, okay? Just, you're in the story. Say, say you're blind, okay? You hear you hear because you're not you're blind, but you can't. You can hear. You hear Jesus saying, "I'm going to go and leave." You've been waiting for so long. <laughs> Have you ever waited in a line so long, and then they say, "Oh, we're done. We're closed." You're like, "No, you're not." <laughs> right? If you you're, you are you're you're blind, but I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it. But you're blind, but you can hear. You're like, somebody grab him. I've been waiting forever. If you're waiting for any healing, you're like, no, 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 it's my turn. What if you were the next guy? You're like, no, he is Roman. I'm a Jewish guy. You like me. Like, don't go. Don't go. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. But Jesus is like, I'll go and heal him. And then the centurion starts talking. What is he saying? What is he saying? He says this. He says, the Roman centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve for you to, to have you come under my roof. I don't even deserve for you to come under my roof. To which if you're the disciples or you're the Jewish people, you're like, amen. <laughs> right? That's true. That's so true. You don't. Get your own Jesus. <laughs> you know? You got all kinds of God, pagan gods. Get them to do something. Okay? We got our own. But then he keeps on going. He says, I don't deserve for you to come. But, but, what, 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 what? Then he says this. He says, but just, just what? Say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, <laughs> now, if you're, you're disciples, you're the crowd, right? Disciples, you're like, uh, hello. It doesn't work like that. No. Just say the word? Really? Do you think Jesus is Alexa? What, what, do you, what do you think? We, no, 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 we spit on the ground 
You remember that miracle? Smudge people on, in the eye. We, there's, a, there's a hard line connection when it comes to Jesus' healings. He touches people, walks, he does all kinds of stuff. You can't just say it. Jesus does not hear wirelessly. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't do that. It doesn't work like that. Just, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, if you are the crowd, you're like, I could have stayed home. What? <laughs> really? Really? Just, just say the word? <sighs> you think I, so, so you, you're telling me I could have done this on Zoom? Like what? What? No. So the, the disciples, the crowd is like, what's going on here? This is ridiculous. This centurion doesn't know jack about Jewish culture and what Jesus is doing. Now, what happens after that? And then he starts to keep on, he keeps on going. He goes, just say the, way, sir, say the word and my servant will be healed. For, for, for I am myself, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, what? Go, and he goes. And that one come, and he comes. I say to my, I say to my servant, do this, and he what? He does it. He does it. Again, you're, if you're the crowd, you're like, okay, big deal. You're a big shot. Fine. You order people around. But when Jesus heard this, he was, what's the word here? He was what? Astonished, amazed. He was amazed. Let's stop right there. He was amazed. Why was he amazed? Because this, this centurion, Roman guy, not even Jewish, Roman guy, is basically saying this. He's saying, Jesus, you know, I've been watching you, and I think you and I are alike. In what way, you ask? Let me show you. Well, see, I'm a centurion. I have these 200 soldiers underneath me, and, and I can tell them, hey, go get me a falafel, and they'll do it. <laughs> they got to get me a falafel. You know why? Because I have authority over them, and I represent a bigger authority. I represent all of Rome. So they better do what I tell them to do. Jesus, I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not Jewish and all that, but I think, I know it doesn't make any sense. I know it's not logical. I know it's a little irrational, but I think you're like me. I think you have authority, no, not over people, but over sickness and healing. And when you tell sickness to leave, it has to obey you because you represent someone bigger. You don't represent Rome. You represent all of God and all of the, 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 the Almighty, the Creator. To that, Jesus was what? He was like, this is what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, finally. I'm sure, I mean, he doesn't say this, but the, the word astonished is like, oh my, like, come on, stop the press. Hello, check this guy out. This is what I'm talking about. Do you see this? Do you see this? Now, the reason why I say Jesus reacted like this is because of the statement he makes right after that. What does he say? He said, when Jesus heard this, he was astonished, and he said to his followers, all the people who were following them, the disciples, Jewish people, all that, he says this, I tell you the truth. Basically, he's like, let me just tell you, okay? I have not found, what? Anyone in what? Anyone in Israel with such, what? Great faith, which, again, 
if you're in the story, you hear this. You've been Jewish for, for forever. You're like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? You have you met my grandmother? You, I mean, you, 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 no one. You, you, you're telling me, you're telling me that this Romans guy has more faith in all of Israel. Jesus, I, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect you, but you should go out more. Just look around, because I'm low-key pissed here. I don't know. I don't know. Why would you say that? Don't say that. Why would you say that? Don't say that. That doesn't make any sense, Jesus. Don't say that. You haven't found any faith, because what you just did was you fundamentally crushed all my faith. You basically said that my faith that I grew up in, and friends, I grew up Muslim, so I grew up in a faith that, like, like the, you, you memorize the Quran, you, like you memorize the Torah, you memorize all this, and you're like, really? You're telling me that none of this matters? You're telling me that this centurion stepped into, all of a sudden, not from logical faith to an irrational faith? You're telling me that he stepped into, and how is it even possible? He has no lineage. He has no right to even step into this irrational confidence. You're telling me that anyone, regardless of where they are in right now, spiritually, can step into this place. And I think like Jesus knew this, and he said this. He, right after that, what did he say? He says, and I say to you that many will come from the East, Middle East, and the West, and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something. I know you're, you're mad. I know you're freaked out. I know. I know. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm telling you, you can move from irrational faith to an irrational confidence. And that's where I need you to exist. That's when your life changes. That's when you hear God say into your soul and you believe him. Here's when you remember that God said something to you. God said something to you. And if he just, what, just says the word, it'll be done. If he just says the word, it'll be done. It'll be done. What would it take for us to do that? See, I think we need to be disturbed a little bit. We need to be like, like, uh, like, like we need to get a little like uncomfortable. We got to go, okay, how does God even do that? My story is that. My story, I grew up Muslim, right? And I grew up, and my faith was extremely logical because I grew up in a faith that said, okay, you pray a certain way. If you know anything about Islam, we pray a certain way. We pray in a particular direction, uh, particular times of day, on a particular mat, and then in a particular language. You only pray in Arabic, regardless of what kind of Muslim you are. It's only in one language. You have this kind of logical faith. And I grew up in that. And then I experienced a life which now is the reason why I'm standing here and why I lead a church is because of this irrational God that exists. So let me tell you my story. I have two brothers and two sisters. My older brother got accepted to a college in the U.S. This was late 80s. And uh, we were in Kuwait at the time, and he got accepted to a college in uh, Spartanburg. It was called Spartanburg Methodist University in, in, in South Carolina. Anybody from South Carolina? Anybody? 
You got, we got one, one, we got one. Okay, good. <laughs> Holding strong. Maybe you've got more watching, maybe, I don't know. Um, and so we are so excited about that, but because we didn't really know what Methodist meant. We were like, America. So we, we sent him off. So he comes back the next year and he goes, hey, he tells me, he's like, hey, I'm a born again Christian. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're a what? You're a what? And he's like, I believe in Jesus. I'm no longer a Muslim. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I want to tell mom and dad. He tells my sisters. I'm like, no, 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 no. And then something snapped in me. I don't know. Have you ever gotten mad, so mad, so angry, like rage came out and you're like, you scared yourself? Yeah, I threatened to kill him. I grabbed him by the neck, pinned him against the wall. It got physical. It got serious. He got so freaked out. He didn't tell mom and dad. He left uh, that summer, after that summer, we came back to the States, and we were not going to talk about it. Right after that, the, in 1990, Iraq invaded Kuwait, if some of you guys remember. And so my family and I, we were stuck there. My brother was here. We were stuck there throughout the war, throughout the liberation, occupation, the whole thing. Crazy stories there. But after the war, my, my dad came to me. He was like, hey, what do you want to do? You didn't graduate from high school because I was in a war for two years. And he's like, you want to stay in the States? Uh, you want to try to go to America to, to your brother? And he, my, my dad did not know that my you know, brother was like this Jesus freak guy. And I wasn't about to tell him. And so he was like, uh, you want to do it? And I said, yes, let me try this. So I got a tourist visa to come to the U.S. Because guess what? I was pumped about the U.S., I was like, yes, I'm coming. Because I'll tell you what, I'm brown. I appreciate brown, appreciate black. But white people I had never encountered. I was like, what are these things? What are they? What is this blonde thing? What is this thing? And then the, you got a redhead thing situation going on here. What is that? Hello, calm down. Okay, okay. But I was like, what? And so I take, I kid you not, I fly from... <laughs> I fly from, from Kuwait, and I land in Miami, Florida. <laughs> they all look like me in Miami, Florida. <laughs> Kid you not? I was like, this is the wrong country. I have, I have come to the wrong country. They're speaking a language I don't even know. It's not English. It's not all the other languages I know. What is this thing? And they think I'm like them. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't get mad at me. I don't, I'm not you. Like, what? what's going on? Finally, I was like, okay, okay, okay. You got the white people live on the other part of the U.S. Okay, got it. Okay, so I finally took a Greyhound bus, which is another story. Greyhound bus, bus left me. Oh, it was a big deal. Okay, uh, Greyhound bus from um, Miami, Florida to Charleston, South Carolina. By the way, it takes 1,600 hours to get there. Like, <laughs> so I finally got there, got to hang out with my brother, he introduced me to his friends, uh, you know, super Christian people, you know, all that. And I'm like, ah, ah it's all right, you know. Um, and then he invited me to this thing called FCA. Have you heard of FCA? Fellowship of Christian Athletes, right? I got some, okay, yeah. So he was like, hey, you want to come? I'm like, nah, I'm not interested. It was a Christian co collegiate uh, group that we met on Tuesday nights. And I had no one, you know, it was the first weekend. I was like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not going. And he's like, no, no, you should come. I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, man, there are a lot of pretty girls. And I was like, I am so interested right now. <laughs> like, I just forgot I was an athlete. And so, so I show up. 
I show up and I'm like just checking out the scene and they're doing their Christian stuff and they're dancing and doing the thing and you know, worship and all that. And I was like, this is crazy. So I'm in the back week after week. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm having conversations and I could continue to hear this one thing uh, with, uh, about, about this God, right? I grew up Muslim. So I hear about this God who, uh, who, who insists to be called father and who sent his son Jesus uh, to uh, redeem humanity and to make an open heaven relationship. And, uh, and, and to a point of where, in fact, when he left, he deposited his Holy Spirit within us. And so we can continually commune with God. That God was not coming to condemn us and trying to give us more things to get to him, but it was, in fact, Jesus was this God's son who came to pursue humanity. And I, I, the first time I, I realized that, oh, okay, so, so you're telling me that, so that religion is basically man's idea or humankind's idea to figure out how they can do certain things to make them worthy of the God or God of the gods, right? That's pretty much what religion is. If you seriously think about it, it's all the things you and I have to do, irrational things we have to do to get to the heavens. And so basically religion is man's proof or mankind's proof uh, to, uh, to prove to whoever's out there that we love God and we worship God. And, and then Jesus' message is, is that, that no, 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 it's, it's, it's opposite. Um, it's opposite because Jesus is proof that God loves you. And I thought, no, this is, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And then I heard, kept on hearing about this God who was very personal, this God who would come to me and reveal himself to me. And I said, this is totally nuts. This is not logical. It's irrational. It doesn't make any sense. My brother was so confident. I remember one time I was mocking him and we were walking by this bush. And I was like, you're telling me, you're telling me that if I can just ask Jesus to reveal himself, he'll come and burn the bush. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was a jerk. Okay. And, um. Uh, and my brother was like, he'll do it. I was like, really? Really, though? Really? And he's like, he'll do it. I'm like, ah. so he, his confidence was so, like, aggravating. You know how, like, you, like, some people are so confident that, um, that like, like you, you, you disagree, but you're like, I like that confidence, but I hate you. You know, like, that kind of. So I was like, okay. So one night after FCA, you know, they were praying and all that, I just kind of looked up and I just said, Jesus, if this is true, actually, I didn't even say Jesus. I said, if this is true, I want to know. That was it. That was my prayer. And so three nights later, kid you not, three nights later, my whole world changed. I moved from that point of rational faith to irrational, irrational confidence, irrational reality even. So three nights later, it just happens it happened to be Halloween night, which is next week. Okay, Halloween night, and I didn't, I didn't really realize that. Um, so I was kind of uh, just done for the night, and I was in my room, shut off all the lights. Uh, there was a lamplight next to me, and I put the book down that I was reading. I turned to shut off the lamplight, and as I was doing that, I realized there's something going on around the room. And I'm like, what's going on? And I just kind of felt like I saw certain things in the room. And I'm like, what? What is this? And then my heart started beating. Like my body basically started reacting to something I could not really experience or really couldn't see, but I was experiencing. And I'm like, what is going on? And it felt like death had walked into the room. Like I was like, my body was physically reacting to this, this, these presence, this presence. And I'm like, what is going on? As I'm trying to kind of figure all of that out, Something grabs my shoulders, drags me, and pins me to my pillow. And I'm like, 
I mean, so I'm just, you know, your body reacts. So I'm reacting and all of a sudden something uh, comes and sits on my legs. Basically, I'm paralyzed. The only thing I can move is my neck a little bit and I'm trying to see what's going on. And I'm looking and I'm like, I'm not asleep. I'm not, nothing's happening. I just, the lamplight is still there. And I just start, you know, screaming because that's what normal people would do. So I'm like yelling and then I realize I can't even, I can't even hear myself say anything. So I just yell more, you know, in different languages. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? And then, because my brother was in the other part of the house, and so the door was closed, and I was hoping the door opened up, you know, the door that he would come in, or he would hear me. And then suddenly the door opened up, and, and in walks this demon. Now, now, stop right there. First of all, I grew up, what, Muslim. When I into demons, you know what I'm saying? I was like, wrong room, dude. Guy upstairs, he's definitely demon possessed. Like, like, you know, like, wh- I, I didn't. I was like, what, what, what is going on? And I'm trying to figure this out, and my body's reacting to, to this thing, and it starts walking up closer and closer. And friends, I know, I know, you're like, what? I was like, what? And this thing starts communicating to me, and I'm like, ah, I speak demon. Like what? And so this thing walks closer and says, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die tonight. You're going to die. I'm going to kill you. Like a lot of threats. And I was like, I, okay. You know, like I believe it. And at this point, it's getting closer. I am freaking out. I mean, I can't, I mean I'm like making light of it, but I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, what? This is not happening. This is not happening. And then I'm thinking, who did I take off up there? Like, did I take someone off? Like, what did I do? And then I'm thinking, oh, Allah. I, the God of Islam, I'm like, I, you know, you shouldn't supposed to, you're not supposed to doubt. I went to FCA, like, oh, and then I'm thinking, maybe this is Jesus. You know, I said a lot of terrible things about Jesus. I mean, he looks nothing like the pictures, but maybe, you know, like that's Jesus. And then I'm thinking, no, this is not Jesus. So as it's getting closer and closer, I am, friends, I am like flipping out. I'm like, I am praying to pretty much every God out there, Allah, Buddha, Oprah, Kanye, I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know, okay? I said a lot of things, I don't know. So things comes closer. I'm joking about this, but this was real. I was like, this is over, I'm done. It reaches my bed and let's go. Whatever was holding me, let's go. And I'm like, what just happened? I, I get up, I walk, I run out of my room, I run out of my room, wake up my brother and I'm like, what, what, what'd you do, what'd you do? Did you put something in my drink? What'd you, what'd you do? And he's like, what are you talking about? I, and I explained the story. And he was like, oh. So you guys are laughing. You online people are laughing. Listen, I was scared to death. I'm like, why are you grinning? And he was like, oh, this is all true. I'm like, what? You see, here's the thing. When someone tells you a story like that, you should not say it's all true. Okay, write that down. You should say, you need therapy. That's what you should say. You shouldn't say, all true. No, he says, all true. I'm like, what do you mean it's all true? He tells me the stories in the New Testament about Jesus and, and, and demon possession and all the miracles. I'm like, are you kidding me? I had never read the Bible. I had never read the Bible. I had never touched a Bible pretty much. I had no context. The only context I had of religion was the Quran and Islam. So he tells me the stories and then he tells me about the gospel. Then he tells me about salvation, all that. And I'm like, then he tells me what he would think. He thinks that it's going on in my life and how God's going to, is revealing himself to me. But, but the, the, the enemy, the, 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 there, there, there is a thief that comes to steal and kill and destroy. There is a, there, there is a presence and whose presence and this presence wants to 
kill you and eradicate you, which I am beginning to understand that more and more and more, that there's someone who basically wakes up every day thinking, I want to take these people out. And so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. What's going on? What's going on? He's like, it's all true. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? What do I do? And, uh, and he goes, uh, well, the only person I know who has authority over demons and angels is Jesus. And I go, well, all right, let's do it. And I think I surprised my brother. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know what to do. You, what do you do? Add him on Insta? What do you, what do, you do? Like, what do you, what do you do? He's like, well, um, you want to pray? I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so we were on the floor and, and he begins, he's gonna, he says, repeat after me. And I go, hey, hold on, hold on one second. I said, I just, you see, in, in Islam, I just, I only prayed in Arabic, which is not even my language. I speak Urdu. Urdu is my first language. And I said, okay, I just, I just want to start this off personal before I repeat anything and all that. I just, I just want to say something. So my first prayer was basically, Jesus, I can't say that you're the Lord of my life or anything like that because I don't know who you are. I can't say I love you. I can't say honestly anything. All I can say is if, that if you will save me from this, I'll give you my whole life. So I say this, I pray that, that my brother prays with me and for me and go, amen, amen. I'm like, okay. And he's grinning, you know, we open our eyes, he's grinning, he's so excited. I'm like, I'm still scared to death, you know. And he goes, all right, man, I'll see you in the morning. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? He's like, yeah, all right, man, see you later. I'm like, oh no, oh no. It's like, I'm not going back in the room. He's like, no, no, you just prayed. I'm like, yep. Nope, not happening. I'm spooning you, probably for a week. <laughs> nah, not, not doing that. My friends, we joke about it. I was, we were full on argument of who is gonna go back in that room. I'm like, you go back in that room. You've been like this Jesus guy for a, forever. He's like, no, you go back in the room, you just prayed. I'm like, I just prayed, I don't even know Jesus' last name. What's his last name? I don't know. <laughs> you go back in the room. Then he's like, I got it, I got it. He gives me a Bible. He's like, I got you, I got you. He turns around and gets me a Bible. It, friends, it is smaller than my iPhone. The Gideon Bible. You know what I'm talking about? The small ones, have you seen those? I literally was like, this is the Bible? Like, for hobbits? Like, who is this for? Like, what? What? He's like, no, it's the New Testament. It's to go. I'm like, what? Give me something bigger that I can throw to at a demon. You know what I'm saying? This one, I throw, he's going to be like, okay, now what, sucker? Like, I don't know. I kid you not, we argued about that finally, finally. He was like, okay, okay, you got it, you got this, I, I, you got this. So I go back in the room, turn on all the lights, and I'm opening up the Bible, reading John, and I'm freaking out. You know when you're scared, everything makes a sound, right? I'm freaking out, and my frustration, friends, turned into anger, and I was like, and in my anger, I was like, what is happening? I went through a war, I've been held at gunpoint, almost starved to death, almost bombed, and now I have demon problems? Like, what is wrong with my life? Like, have you ever had a point in your life, like, things are happening, and you're like, God, can you just leave me alone? Right? I need space. Like, I'm like, what is going on? And now I pray to Jesus, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in there. How, what is going on? So I get angry, I put the Bible down, I go, shut off the light, I'm in my bed, I look up and I go, Jesus, if I die tonight, it is your fault. I don't know why I prayed this. Okay, I was a teenager, I was 19, whatever. And I was like, it's your fault. 
I put the covers over my head. I'm like, please, nothing else happened. Nothing happened for a couple of minutes. Next thing I know, something is shaking me. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> We're doing this again. Oh, no, no, no. And then suddenly, I find myself sitting with my eyes open. And there he was. There he was. Um, and he said, I am Jesus, and your life is not your own. Friends, I, I have never felt the peace so aggressive. Um, I mean, people ask me, what do you look like? What do you look like? I don't know, because I was looking at him, but I was literally inside of him. And I just knew that in this dimension, in this physical body, I could not be in that presence for long. I literally was like, you are, I'm in you. It was the most surreal, unexplainable, irrational thing I could ever experience. In fact, I couldn't even, I couldn't keep my eyes off of him, but I couldn't keep my eyes open. And I just, I just, he put me to sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't physically stay awake. The next morning I got up and I knew I had gotten a download. I was going to be in ministry. I didn't even know what ministry meant. And then, friends, it changed the course of my entire life. It changed, from then on, I mean, my whole, my two sisters, two brothers, they all came to faith. My dad, before he passed away, came to faith. And people, countless people have come to faith. And it's been amazing. Yeah. And what's, 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 what's crazy about this is not my story, but the God behind it. What's irrational about the story is not my story. It's the irrational God that's behind it. And so I just want to ask you before we end this morning, could you possibly be open to moving from illogical faith to an irrational confidence that just because you don't see it right now, you have heard, you have heard him say, your soul has heard him say something to you. Would you believe it? Would you remind your soul to believe it? And then what would happen? What would happen? I'd love to pray with you. Can I do that? Let's stand together. I think for some of us, even this morning, we have to be reminded that in the midst of all the things that are going on in our lives, we think that it's so rational. We've already figured out how certain things cannot and will not change in our lives. But yet God is saying, I have told you this. I've told you that I'm with you. I have told you I have forgiven you. I have told you that you will never be alone. I have told you that you will not be lonely. I have told you. I have told you. I have told you, do not give up. I have told you, I will restore. I will heal. I will provide. I have told you this. I have said the word. It has gone out. It will happen. God, I pray that this morning, you would move us, you would move us from illogical faith to an irrational confidence in your power, your mercy, your grace. God, do something that only you can do in our lives. God, I know there are people here that this morning, they're watching and this was, this was it, this is it. You know, you know, he's talking right to you. You know this. And even though your mind cannot understand it, your soul embraces it. 
your mind will just have to catch up. God, we pray, do our work. Do our work as we respond.